five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today we have Matt Hampton. What's up, Matt? How's it going, guys? Hey. What's, it, what's shaking? Are we all good? <laughs> I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah. basically, uh, Matt, we, we, we met on a really cool app called Lunch Club, and every week it'll randomly match you with someone who's pretty interesting in the community of lunch club and yeah we we met a few weeks ago and matt was like so down just to get on the podcast one day and so here we are yeah here we are he's uh what what, there's a few things right like off the top of the head uh own dev shop type thing or company grown there astronomer like astronomy photography photographer Mm -hmm. in an incredible way like you have your own diy raspberry pi type like kits to throw on yeah yeah no uh, it's got to keep things interesting right (laughs) and then the other part is you've once bought a domain for a company you're trying to multiply like start and if you keep going and you're working at it and we can talk about that too for uh over 50 grand which is i don't know if i'm allowed to drop that but i just oh yeah (laughs) it it was a little bit more actually but yeah i mean it, it you know we um yeah, no, that's that we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But yeah, happy to go down that rabbit hole too. Oh, and uh, for those of you, for those of you just listening, Matt also has a really cool podcast mic setup. <laughs> it actually, uh, it actually makes Hugh and me seem like total newbies. But yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll work our way there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny what you can find on Amazon at two in the morning after a couple glasses of wine, right? You know, and it makes it a little easier to. Uh... <laughs> pull the trigger on stuff so totally relate <laughs> yeah so uh i don't know what do you where, where do you want to start guys i mean yeah yeah um considering uh matt that you and i have just met maybe two minutes ago uh mm. and hugh hugh gave a, a a very awesome introduction do you want to kind of talk about about yourself and and like what your dreams and ambitions are and just kind of like go on that spiel uh yeah sure i'll give you the the elevator the elevator talk on that sure um so yeah i mean you know not i i i try to keep things busy and interesting i i'm a guy who loses interest in things pretty quickly so i uh like to do them until i feel like i've done them well enough for me and move on to the next thing so i i do have a bit of as hugh was kind of alluding to i have kind of a eclectic past <laughs> so with a lot going on presently too but um in a nutshell i'm a creative kind of person i have a degree in figure drawing which loosely translates to drawing naked people who need money to pay for school and that they model as a way of doing that and we draw them without clothes and that was a actual college degree um i i, I actually <laughs> graduated with that and uh i wanted to be an animator at the time so that felt like the right thing to do but uh but uh, as it turns out you don't make a ton of money doing that and it's crazy long hours and so i decided whilst still in college that that there was a more commercial way to uh to hawk my wares and i got a graphic design degree and uh stuck around a little longer Uh, my my now wife was my girlfriend then so gave me a reason to kind of hang around with her a little bit longer um and uh did not have a whole lot of success in New York City right after college. Uh, it was the whole dot-com crash and burn. And so 
I had five jobs in two years, I think, and got laid off from all of them. I think I only got health insurance actually vested in one of them. And <laughs> it was the last one. Uh, so, so that led to starting my own thing with a couple of friends from college and 22 years later, we just, we just entered our 22nd year of business. So we, you know, we're, we're just going into that and it's still going that little tiny dream hatched in a studio apartment in Manhattan is now, you know, what it is. And so I get to scratch that itch, get play with cool tech toys and talk to cool people and work with cool companies. And, and that, that keeps me professionally uh, intrigued. But uh, early 2000s, a friend of mine from college's older brother actually had headshop.com. And I was very intrigued by headshops in general. And headshop, we bought the domain from him and headshop.com was born. And uh, we've been doing it uh, ever since as well. So that really got going in earnest, I want to say 2003. Um, and now this year in 2022, we are basically expanding that project into lifestyle. So a lot of self-quantification and biohacking type, you know, supplements and toys and, you know, wearable technology and stuff. And uh, as well as psychedelics and, and basically the lifestyles that attach to both of those ecosystems. Um, and that has been just a ton of fun. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like that's a really cool thing to be tied into. And it's been fun too, because, you know, I, one side of my life is a web design company and the other side of my life is a website. So it kind of, I get to both be service provider and client to myself on both sides and it's great. Um, and then past that, man, I don't know, we can, I could bore you to death on all the personal stuff that I do, but I mean, it's everything from Ironman triathlons to astrophotography to play the banjo to, I mean, you name it. Do you, uh, do you still live in New York city? I do not. I currently reside in Baltimore, Maryland, actually. So I'm, uh, I'm down here. Spent uh, about 15 years up in uh, New York area. Still get up there. I mean, COVID notwithstanding, I still get up there a lot. But uh, prior to COVID, I, I assume one day I will once again go to New York City, but that's not in the now future. So hopefully again one day. We'll see. It's getting a little too comfortable. I don't know about you guys, but is it comfortable to just kind of not leave your house more and more? <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I, I don't want to not leave my house, but at the same time, it really is a lot easier. You know, I think, I think the colder it gets, the more I am, I am uh, just very comfortable being at home. Yeah. You, you are in New York, right? Yeah. I live in the upper West side. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was technically in Hoboken. So we, we casually say, New York, because not everybody knows where Hoboken is, but that's where I was. Oh, yeah. Um, the sixth borough, as they might sometimes refer to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love it, man. I love it up there. How's the city doing in, uh, in COVID? Uh, I mean, it, it, I, 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 was having, I was having a lot of fun. Hugh, uh, I guess he's switching his internet, but yeah, I was having, I was having so much fun uh I, I just moved into my apartment like five months ago and and basically covid just hit us really hard like the second half of december uh so that was not as fun but no i don't imagine but it's i'm i'm comfortable in my apartment and i have i have a 
two bikes. I have one bike and I'm borrowing another. So yeah, just hanging in there. I, uh, I get to, I get to run my podcast from my living room. So yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it certainly was uh COVID was sort of the, the boom for podcast, right? I mean, people can kind of have cool conversations and not, not really go too far to do it. So yeah. Uh, uh, how long have you been running your podcast? Um, so we are recording tonight, just our 18th episode. So not too long, um, kind of moving on. It's, uh, it's actually, uh, it's actually part of a bigger project, um, about self-quantification and, and biohacking and weird health tricks and, and stuff. So it's, uh, it's sort of a more formal conversation on what used to be a hobby and then grew into an obsession and now is growing into a business extension in on head shop. And, and, you know, it's what we're doing to sort of work out our thoughts on, on all this. So it's been a great medium for that. I feel like vi like verbally sketching ideas is, is via podcast is a really, really great way to sort of solidify what you, you want to say. Right. I mean, it's make, makes you kind of think about it in a, very specific way uh yeah i mean yeah i it, it's been a pretty interesting like journey for us as well because what was that like what's it been like um so we started in march and our first our first like 10 episodes was just hugh and me talking to each other being like why are we making a podcast yeah <laughs> right what the hell are we doing <laughs> like, um uh, and then and then we sort of like started bringing on our friends and and uh just sort of like made up a format to it um but yeah it's been it's been really rewarding um and and it's cool to kind of like as a co-host just just kind of like craft the direction of it and kind of like see where it goes so Luckily, sure. it's a, it's a success for us because the goal is to have fun. Uh, but yeah. It, so do you guys do you guys have like a, a kind of person you like gravitate towards? Or is it just some of find cool person insert conversation here kind of thing? Like, I mean, how does that? How does that work? You do we have a, do we have a kind of person? <laughs> I, I think I think it started out as as John was saying, just one on one and then introducing friends to friends and be like, oops, started recording type line like let's mm. let's go yeah. and then now we're kind of doing the same thing but then now we have like like we just had the other uh episode was junior who's the cousin of a friend who was on the podcast previously and oh gotcha he's from nigeria that's cool right? and, yeah so now and then now we have lunch club <laughs> yeah yeah which by the way man have you had a bunch more of those i've i'm having a lot of fun on that pl that platform that's yeah. really really cool yeah. i do i try to do about two a week and this week I'm counting this one and a reconnect on Thursday as another one. But overall, I haven't missed a week yet because I just I've been dude, I've been talking to a, an AI data scientist lady who just like quit a job at AWS and is wanting to start her own startup. And I'm like, well, the, the connections that you can make on here, if anybody is wanting an invite, just email the moon, moon podcast at gmail.com. We'll get you on there. It's super solid. Great way to make connections. And honestly, you meet people like Matt. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, and and I I talked to some guy in Moscow yesterday, and <laughs> you know, and I talked to somebody in Venezuela the day be, uh, the day before that, and then last week was somebody in Spain. 
like it's 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 definitely a, an interesting uh club i actually have a client in new york who does six a week no way yeah it's crazy That's isn't amazing. it amazing yeah, I was like, how the hell do you have time to do that? And he's like, this is my, this has become my new networking. And so it's, it was fascinating to me because he said, I just have these really cool conversations and, you know, it's a little easier. I mean, he runs a networking group. Hmm. And so for him, it was a, it's actually real easy. And we, we actually started a Baltimore chapter of that same concept down here working with him. So we're probably going to start to explore a little bit of that. Um, because it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. The, you know, I, I don't know if you've done any, have you ever done any kind of network groups, like anything like that in the past? Not really. I mean, do, what type, do you count like local meetup type things or I guess yeah, yeah. Also no, masterminds too? Yeah. Uh, right. 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 Yeah, BNIs yeah. and like masterminds and like, you know, Vistage and EO and, you know, there's a bunch of different, you know, physical one well at least it used to be i don't know what <laughs> what is it yeah now? i don't know what they're all doing now but um but yeah so so yeah i mean all of it like collectively like you know and you know the problem is i've been doing those since i mean i started my business doing those and i've been doing them for years and you know i don't know they were fun for a while and you know free wine and you know past hors d'oeuvres and that's kind of cool then it was you know, pay for your own drinks and that got less cool. And, you know, and then it was basically like now, now it's, everything's virtual and that's really not a lot of fun. And so, um, this new model basically, uh, pays people for rec for referrals. So it's, it's basically very transparently transactionally oriented. And so that I have found, um, there's a couple people in our, in our chapter here that I knew from other networking groups and, and there's a couple new people and everyone's got you know, friends and they're inviting people. And it's funny because it's got everybody charged up again because everybody knows why they're there. They're just there to make money, like by getting referrals and giving referrals. And it has been uh, absolutely shocking how well the model works because of that one tweak to the system, right? Like I, I, you're, you're, what, what somebody, I, I don't know, is this a G rated podcast or is this, I don't know. Go where, for it. You're yeah. He, he's like, this group is about they, we don't want dinner and drinks. We just want to have sex. Like that's kind of what, <laughs> that, how somebody Fair. described it to me. It was like, I'm not here to talk about my day or, you know, make you feel better about yours. I'm, I just, this is transactional. That's it. That's it. And, and everybody as paradoxically, everyone's having a great time. Like <laughs> everyone's really relaxed. Everybody's, you know, really giving giving referrals left and right to people that they think are going to have a good personal connection with yeah you know like i i mean i like you and i hit it off the other day on lunch club and that kind of was the genesis for this but if i had somebody come through in in that space and i was like hey you should meet this guy like I, that is an easy conversation because it's connecting two people you think would have a personal like successful personal relationship right and and if they are looking for you know, a web designer or a designer or a, you know, financial analyst or whatever that profession is, it, it's even better because you're like, well, you, you could choose any financial guy or any dentist or any, you know, web designer, but how much cooler is it doing any of those things? If you actually like the person too, you know, it's, it's a lot easier. And, and how much cooler is it if you found that person through a friend of yours? Right. And so I don't know, it's been a fun, fun experiment, I think. So but lunch club, he's making like a crazy amount of connections on that thing. It's, it's nuts. 
Although I don't know, have you thought about how likely it is that it's actually AI driven? Cause I have my doubts. I feel like there's somebody back there with the spreadsheet, just, you know, putting people together. Yeah. Okay. Look at minimum these wage. Yeah. Right. Like, totally. Yeah. Oh, look, there's, these have a questionnaire and there's like nine things these two dudes have in common. Let's just make them talk. That sounds good. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, so the, I don't the, know. what are you looking for type checkbox? Oh, they're looking for the same thing. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. The guy, the guy uh, in Moscow was the one who we talked about this and he goes, what's the difference between machine learning and, and AI? He goes, machine learning is done in Python and AI is done in Excel. <laughs> like, That's so true. Like, oh my like, God. <laughs> Every prototype for any yeah. mobile app, like, like yeah. Uber or Lyft back then, right? Manually yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? And I was, I started cracking up because I had not heard that before, but as soon as he said that, I'm like, Oh yeah, that checks. Yeah. <laughs> completely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so it was really funny, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's a good idea. I don't know. I, it's free for now. I'm, I'm, I don't know how interested I'd be in it once it becomes paid. Cause you know, that's where it's going to go eventually. And you know, I that might, you know, put a wet blanket on it a little bit for me, but, uh, but until then I'm having a great time doing it, meeting all kinds of interesting people out there. And I will say, um, I don't know about you, but everyone I've met on there has been like third plus degree in LinkedIn. So it's like people I quite literally can't imagine would have ever talked to outside of that, you know, like I just wouldn't have interacted with them. Like a week, how, uh, you know, unless sparring some cosmic coincidence, mm -hmm. it would have been very unlikely you and I would have ever met, you know, in any other way, you know, we're, we're nowhere near each other geographically. Yeah, we, we have some similar professional crossovers, but we have way different focuses. So like, there's no, I mean, it would be very unlikely, right? Yeah, Although very. you do live in a telescope kind of area. So maybe I'd have bumped into you doing an astro trip out there. That's exactly what yeah, I was like, going to say. The only possible crossover yeah, would have either been like a dev shop referral or right. if I got into astronomy photography. <laughs> yeah, correct. My yeah. God, if you could show a photo one if, if throughout this sometime of yeah, your yeah. setup, that is one of the coolest photo nerd setups I've ever seen. Oh yeah. No, it's, uh, it's intense. There's no question about that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, is this a, a video, uh, thing that this you guys is, do? This will be on YouTube, but also Spotify. Oh, and gotcha. Okay. Mediums. So, so it's yeah. also, it's also that. Yeah. Here. Um, let me see what I got here. Yeah. I, so I, it's funny. One thing about telescopes, which I always thought was funny is there's no person I've ever met with a telescope that doesn't want to show off their telescope at some point in time. Well, <laughs> so, does. Yeah, look at that thing. It's that? amazing. Wow. And, and then like we have to see the gun. photographs afterwards. So, so, so this little, so this is the telescope, right? This little red thing at the bottom is one of the cameras, right? And that's what does the, that, that's the, uh, the, the, the photography brains of the operation, right? And uh, those little vent on the side there, it actually cool the, it cools the, the sensor uh, manually. So there's literally a refrigerator built onto this thing, right? And, uh, and you can cool it to a predictable amount. And so um, because I shoot in the summer and the winter, I usually pick negative 10 degrees Celsius because it's a, it's a temperature I could achieve in 80 degree heat as well as negative 20 Fahrenheit. So it's, um, so, but the cooler you get that, the cleaner your images is gonna be because you're not getting heat on that CMOS. Um, this camera is actually a CMOS. I actually have a different camera now that's not CMOS anymore, but this other little guy, up here is a different camera and he runs that uh, guide scope. And what that does is that tells you um, that follows a star. So you pick a star 
and it follows it and it sends little pulses to the mount that says I've moved, you know, a, a little tiny bit, right? And so move the mount with it. And so that's how you can take these, you know, crazy long exposures uh, over, you know, weeks, days, months. And then like, actually, if you look here, this is actually the software in play during uh, acquisition. And I'll show you the, the, the photo that I took out of this. But if you see that little tiny, uh, this little thing up there, uh, the red, I forget which one is which, red is, yeah, right ascension, blue is right ascension and, and red is deck. And so the right ascension and deck are the, the way like that is tilted like that. So the telescope goes side to side, but it also goes up and down. So, so it'll move based on that and you can track how off you are. And that's what you follow to make sure, like if you see some weird, you know, stuff on there. It means like something went wrong. It's not tracking the right way. Um, and then basically all this is doing is you say um, like this right here, it says it's processing image two of 50. So in this run, I did 50, 53 minute exposures and it literally just counts down three minutes. And then it basically, you stack them all together in a, in another application. And the photo that I took in that run was, this is a, a finished product of the image that you just saw, um, the, the run that you just saw. And, and what is, that's a galaxy? That is the Orion Nebula, actually. The Orion Nebula, that is yeah. so amazing. And, and so you ever the seen the Orions, you've seen Orion, right? The three mm. stars in a row and, you know, like the guy with the bow and arrow, this is in there. That is that, that's what you can't thing. see. Is, yeah. is this the kind of thing where uh, you start with the little telescope and then as you learn about the telescope, you're like, oh, I need something that's uh, 10 times the budget of my previous telescope. So that's how rational people would would approach this. I went <laughs> the exact opposite way. <laughs> I was like, I want the thing that will. So, you know, I guess a little education goes a long way. It's one of those things where you kind of have to pick what you want. Like, for example, this is my other rig. So it's quite a bit different. So this, um, this is very very different of a setup this is a wide field setup you see a lot of the same stuff though right like camera at the back guide scope guide camera um it, it basically the difference is it's quite a bit smaller you know um and the difference there is that um where this image right so here is uh here's an image taken on that on that setup so this is what's called the veil nebula. Oh. Um, and That's this amazing. is, this is one of my favorite ones. I mean, it's really hard to see here. I could email it to you if you want to take a look at it more, but there's like, but like stars and something that looks like a bunch of glares for, for yeah, those so, listening. So like the a spiraling uh, the, fire. <laughs> so that is actually an exploded dead star. It's a supernova. Wow. It's, 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 uh, I forget, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's a couple 10,000 years old and, it's, I don't know, 17, I think, if I remember right, light years away, it's, it's, you know, but all the blue in this is oxygen gas and all the red is hydrogen gas. Um, so, you, you know, you have filters on your, on your scope that only let photons in, in that wavelength. Mm -hmm. So you can actually just take them in isolate. Um, this was a full color image, but to, to put this in perspective, that giant telescope that you saw, um, it's very narrow. Like it doesn't do wide field. It only took, actually when I took the, um, 
on the camera you saw on that big one, it only took this picture. Oh, oh my goodness. That's so right. Like, so the, the thing that I just took here wow. is this, and this is cropped in five times. So this actually, that little tiny scope takes a much wider field view. So when you're doing these like sweeping panoramas, you know, like, like veil nebula, which is really big, um, it, there, you, you got to have something that kind of widens it out. So what I went for was, was big originally because that larger, you know, aperture scope, like the bigger scope lets in a lot more light. So you capture images quicker. And I was knew that I would not have just cause I have so much going on in the world. I'm not going to have infinite amounts of time. So I wanted to let the most light in I could in the shortest amount of time, which got me the best images as fast as I could. Um, I love that scope, but I realized very quickly, I don't also don't want to do that 15 times to mosaic together the veil or any of the bigger ones. So I got a small, like the smaller guy to do basically the same exact thing, but now I have a, you know, seven times the width of the field of view or something like that. So, so yeah, I didn't get into it slow and steady. I got into it, like, you know, held my nose and jumped right into the deep end of that pool. For sure. How did, how did you get started? And like, as, as someone who does not know a lot of people in the telescope world, like, yeah, how did, how did you like dive into that? Um, kind of like I do everything. Like, so I started by saying, what is the cheapest telescope I can find? And, you know, you find them on Amazon for like, you know, 200 bucks, 150 bucks. And then what is the most expensive telescope I can find? And I found one for like 50 grand, 60 grand used. And, and I just went on a hunt to try to find out why one is 50 grand and one is 200 bucks. Like, and once you start identifying what causes price increases, then you can start deconstructing like which is going to be important to you. And I, I apply this theory to literally every mm. everything I've ever done in my entire life. Basically, it's like, all right, well, if I was a world-class archer, what would I be looking for in a bow and arrow, right? Like, and what makes it different than going to Dick's Sporting Good and grabbing like a little starter recurve bow and, you know, and then, you know, you start finding out about, you know, tension. I, I happen to have gone down this rabbit hole years ago as well, but like, you know, with bows, it's all about like, you know, pull, how many pounds of force it'll, it'll exert, how much the pull force is, how much the, you know, shooting force is and, can it be adjustable to many spots and dampening and, you know, all kinds of neat stuff. And then, you know, how do you, you know, minimize back and forth when you're letting go, you know, there's all these little tools you could wrap around your wrist and click a button and it lets go of the, of the, the, the string versus holding the string in your fingers. And, you know, so you kind of just go on a little bit of a Google rabbit hole, I guess it is. And just sort of, start finding out like what moves the needle and anything. And with telescopes, it's, you know, in the context of this conversation, it seems like a lot in an infinite pool. But if we had like two hours, I could probably get you to like all four corners of that universe. And then, then it starts to repeat back on itself. Does that make sense? You know, it's like, it's deep, but it's not that deep kind of thing. Um, uh, and I'm also a guy who believes in better living through science. So my rig is highly automated and a lot of guys don't have that um, because they don't, they're not interested in it. And it's a fairly recent addition. Like Hugh, you, you were talking about that raspberry Pi thing on that telescope. There's a little red box. That's about the size of a credit card, um, but deeper. And it's a raspberry Pi module that 
controls all of that stuff. So it plugs into your autofocuser, it plugs into your cameras, it plugs into your mount, and it controls all of that, you know, and you can do these filter wheels where you could actually automatically change filters along, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty fun. And, you know, it's, it's not even that expensive, but, you know, people have been doing it for 20 years, don't often even think about looking for new toys a lot of times. So I had the benefit of starting it during COVID. So all of these toys were at my disposal, you know, and so I certainly wasn't going to make this job harder, you know. Oh, that's so cool. I feel like there are so many angles we can jump into. Like, yeah, it's keep, a fun hobby. Yeah, we can keep uh, talking about space and astronomy and stars and yeah, telescopes. we could also dive into the, uh, like you mentioned, the uh, supplements and the, um, I, I'm guessing there's like, you're into like, uh, the nootropics and, and like, yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so this is uh, my desk, right? Like here's bottle one, here's bottle two, here's bottle three, there's tincture four, five, there's pill bottle six. Like, yeah. Wow. I'm I'm very curious. So yeah, what are you curious about? Let's talk. Okay. So <laughs> I've I've uh I've like looked into it in the past and basically went to a point where I where I said, okay, it's not worth it for me right now because because the biggest gains in my view are just sleeping well, eating right and exercising. And it's like, if I'm not doing those three things, then there's no point in taking a, a whatever supplement. And it's like, I don't, I'll, I'll sleep well, like maybe six days a week, but then maybe I should, instead of like looking into supplements, like try to get that seventh day um, of like better sleep. Um, so I, so I, I, I kind of stopped there. Um, I guess one route I would potentially be interested in is kind of like, what are the, like, what are the, what are the certain supplements that, that are like, have the most benefit, sure. but then like the least uh, amount of uh, consequences. And I'm sure it depends on the individual, but like, how do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, um, that's an easy one for me. I mean, it's it, it, I approached it similar to the telescope thing. I kind of looked at like the craziest supplement person on earth, like what are they doing? And obviously what you just said, the other side of the spectrum is eat right, sleep right, don't smoke cigarettes and, you know, try to ease up on the booze, right? Like, I mean, it's, I mean, at a certain point, good health is, is a, as much a function of common sense as it is about anything else. Right. I mean, that, that is a, that is a fundamental truth. So between those two things, you've got a lot of stops on the train. Right. And so I just kind of started years and years ago, like 10 years ago, maybe now like 12, I don't know, a, a little over a decade ago, I, I, I lost a bunch of weight. Right. I, I went from 212 pounds to, to uh, 170 when I ran my first Ironman and I, I felt great, but I felt like there was more I could do. And I started to kind of peel it back. And for me, it landed on, I am risk averse in a lot of, it sounds a little crazy for, for a guy who takes a, you know, probably 15 supplements on a daily basis. Um, but I am really risk averse. So I was not really into like the highly experimental, <laughs> you know, this could just as easily give you a third arm as it could 
you know, make you live to 200. Like it, it, so I wasn't really into being that guinea pig. But then you, you find out real quick that there are certain things. And, and I guess the standard disclaimer here is I'm not a doctor. We're not doctors. We should, you know, I, I don't want people running out and, you know, just kind of buying crazy stuff just because some doofus on the internet told them to do it. But, but vitamin D, real low risk reward threshold, right? Or high, ri high reward, low risk threshold. Mm -hmm. um, vitamin D and, and, you know, it's funny is... Um, during COVID, there's been a ton of research that comes out about the correlation between adequate, healthy, and excessive vitamin D levels and incidents of hospitalization and death for by COVID, right? A lot of stuff out of Spain. Uh, you can Google vitamin D and COVID and come up with a lot of the research out there. I had I found that to be kind of neat because I had been taking heavy doses of vitamin D for a decade prior to that news come prior to COVID becoming in fashion. So I, uh, I did, uh, that was kind of neat, but, but it's also not all that surprising, right? Vitamin D has got, I, I think something like 1500 biological mechanisms attached to it. So, and it's the one thing that we are like one of the many things we are chronically, uh, under achieving as a society, right? You know, we, we spend a lot of time indoors, um, you know, with all the, fancy diets out there. People are like not eating dairy a lot and no one's supplementing with this. So I got into a fight with my doctor. The turning point with, with this was I got into a fight with my doctor on a physical one day. He wouldn't give me a vitamin D test as a part of my physical. And it was really weird because I, I wondered what he goes, you're a 35 year old triathlete who exercises six days a week. I'm not giving you a vitamin D test. You don't need it. Well, I had been playing around with paleo at the time and it was like December, January. So it's the middle of winter. And I was like, look, this isn't because I'm nuts. I mean, I'm a little crazy, but I, this isn't, I'm not asking you for this because I'm crazy. I'm asking you because I have some lifestyle things that are going on right now that make me want to know if I am deficient or not. Blah, blah, blah. We've short to the end of the story. He said, fine, I'll do it. <clears throat> I, he made me pay the $25 to, for the test. And it comes back. My vitamin D was 18. And Ricketts is 15. So, and reference level is like 40, you know? So, so I was like way, way under where I needed to be. And the doctor was scratching his head. He goes, you know, I thought you were just some lunatic coming in here yammering on about a WebMD article he read and, and whatnot. And I would never have guessed that. And then when he started asking me questions, I, I got kind of really pissed off and defensive. I said, listen, man, I'm not go do your own research on the internet, brother. Like you're a doctor. You should be like giving me this information, not the other way around. And it made me, that was the first time I really realized, I would say that was the start of my like N of one medical lifestyle where I'm like, look, my doctor's not going to help me with this stuff. These guys don't know any more than me. Um, and if I really want to take control of my health, that's the only path forward for me. So it was basically like, all right, clearly vitamin D is on the menu because- I gotta, I've got now what I considered an acute vitamin D problem to solve. And, and he tried to throw me on medication. He's like, you know, like you have to go on the supplementation. I'm like, you know, if it's all the same to you, I'm, we're just going to not talk anymore. I'm going to go to find another doctor. And, and I did that. And since then, you know, that kind of ex has expanded. Um, CoQ10 is another thing that I believe pretty strongly in. It's got a lot of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a ton of benefits on there. Again, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole in any one of these, but um, alpha lipoic acid and CoQ10 are two really uh, have 
GR like generally regarded as safe or grass uh, um, designators on them. So again, pretty low threshold for risk and pretty high, you know, probability of success. So I take those a lot. I take a whole food vitamin every day. Um, so all of the vitamins inside of it are derived from whole foods and not synthetic uh, versions. Not to say that that's necessarily bad, but um, citric acid versus ascorbic acid, different, different, you know, things to get vitamin C. And, and I just was erring on the side of a more natural approach to it. Um, and of late, I, I, you know, as I went down the rabbit hole more and more, you start getting into like the nootropic side and that, that's less about, you know, trying to live forever and more about, you know, making your years here less degenerative in nature and more uh, engaged. So I'm, I, I'm on a couple, you know, mental nootropics and, and I'm also on an um, NAD plus and ATP precursor uh, daily. It's a five on two off thing. Um, and again, that, that the genesis of that was really doing a deeper dive into how our cells progress through the course of life and how cells will have a, an eventual senescence at some point. And, you know, your telomeres will, will shorten and, and your cells kind of start to haywire over time. And, and so, you know, the more we can do to sort of retard that progression, I guess, is the way of saying it, then, then the healthier years we hope to have. Now, obviously none of this is, you know, this is all kind of like on the fringe of science at this point, but the amount of consistent data that's coming out that sort of backs up a lot of this stuff is getting a little bit too hard to ignore, if that makes sense. It's, it's now everywhere, right? And so um, my fascination with it just continues to grow every day. And uh, as I, you know, I read more and more, uh, you know, we are getting smarter, you know, uh, about this stuff and it, and the, the right path is different by your genome. I mean, we, I have a client who does nothing but genomic medications, right? Like the whole idea is to come up with medicines that are going to work because your genome says it's going to work, not because, you know, it just is a broad scattershot approach, right? Um, anyway, sorry, how, I didn't mean to go down a rabbit hole there. How have, uh, how, like, what changes have you noticed since, since you've started on, on this, this journey? And obviously, it's like, let's say you started training for triathlons as well, like, alongside yeah. it, it's, it's, it's impossible to know exactly where that causation comes from but like have you noticed any differences with your health yeah for sure and i guess you're totally right i mean a lot of times when they're like oh look i took resveratrol and i lost 20 pounds you're like yeah but you also started running three miles a day and you stopped eating sugar and you haven't had a mountain dew in two months like like clearly like you know there's like a bunch of other stuff you did so it's a little bit disingenuous to say like oh look i this resveratrol made me lose all this weight but in my case i have had a fairly consistent workout regime for a really long time. So when I do introduce a new thing, um, these days, it is pretty much the only thing that is different. And so I, it, it makes it a little easier for me to compare apples to apples. Um, the, uh, the NAD plus stuff, I would say has a more sustained energy. 
for longer periods of time. And, and I do feel like I, I mean, I'm 45. I feel like I'm in my thirties again. Like I have definitely felt better, you know, um, I'm cranking out pull-ups easier than I used to. Like, I just, I, you know, I, I still get a decent night's sleep. I'm usually asleep by 1130 ish every night and I'm up, uh, in the morning around 6:30. Um, but, but like, I never used to get up early, for example. And now at 6.30, I'm up. I do 25 minutes of Qigong, 20 minutes of meditation, and 20 minutes of uh, writing every morning. And I never, you know, 10 years ago when I was getting rolling on this, I was drinking a bottle of wine a night with maybe a gin after that. And, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes and like, you know, like I was a totally different person. And like, you, this, it'd be laughable to think I'd end up in this position, right? And And now... Now it's just uh, fine tuning, right? Like it's just keeping going. Uh, I've got, you know, we're starting to do experimentation with metformin and a couple other, you know, sort of taking it to the next level, the next level, next level. And, you know, who knows where it goes, but, you know, these little panels back here, you see these suckers? Those, yeah. are, those are red light panels that I, I do red light therapy a couple times a week. I've got an infrared sauna. I do, I do infrared sauna a couple times a week. Um, you know, you know, one of the things we just covered on, on my podcast actually is this little fun little toy called a Vi light. This, this is kind of, Whoa. Fun, Whoa. So hold on, what is that? It. It's like on like a finger. Yeah. Yeah. So check this out. You do this. Whoa. It's up his nose right now. Yeah. <laughs> so nose. it's, it's red light that you put in your nose and you've got, five arteries that that traverse your nasal cavity so uh -huh. you can irradiate your blood with with near infrared um and this is this one has 633 nanometer spectrum red light what? and it's all timed out and you just keep it in there for 20 minutes it shuts off when you're done and uh that's it that's all, all she wrote so if you don't have giant red light panels to talk about and like this is what i take when i travel um, and I'll just take it with me when I travel to kind of get that red light therapy without having my giant panels. So those of you listening, Matt just plugged, uh, <laughs> what looked like a USB oh cable into his nose. Yeah. <laughs> just, just for some context, but, and then yeah. there's a red light on it. <laughs> yeah. And then like light therapy is an interesting thing. Um, this one is goes in your ear, um, Let's see if I, I, my, I don't think it's charged actually. At the while, while you're figuring that, I just yeah. want to say, this is one of the best combos I've ever had in my life. This yeah. Is, <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So, Matt's just pulling out toys. Yeah. So here you got this next thing. And yeah. So this is actually headphones um, that go in your ear, just like regular, like AirPods would. And they mm -hmm. shine a white light spectrum onto your brain. And basically it, recharges you it's um it's called the human charger actually and it's really like absolutely breathtakingly effective at jet lag so when i go from east coast to west coast about four or five o'clock at night i'll put those in it's an 11 minute therapy window and you throw it in there and it's timed out and it you know it's bluetooth so i can keep talking or listening to music or i've, I've gone on runs with it and stuff um I was just in Las Vegas a couple months ago for a trade show and I went on a run at night with the human charger and did two sessions in a row. And then I was ready for dinner and, and ready to go. And it completely changes your jet lag, like 100%. And I went, when I come back, 
to the East Coast, you do it the other way around. You do it in the morning. So you you kind of it's you, you swip swap depending on the therapy windows, depending on when you're uh, when you're trying to pep up. Oh, you, oh, you do it like like sixteen hours before you might go to sleep, like something like that. To wake uh, up. it's it's more like to get yourself back onto that wavelength. So when you go east, when you go west from the east, you, you need to stay up later than you're used to. So you're, you, you hypercharge your brain with this light that kind of pulls you into that time zone in a gentle, non-chemical way. And basically, you know, I've shortcutted um, time zone acclimation by days, you know, like you can get really onto it and, and it's a non-chemical way of doing that. Um, it's a super, it's, believe it or not, it's pretty low tech. It's, you know, your ear canal to your brain, shine white light on there, kind of the end of the story. You know, there's not a whole lot more to, to talk about with that, but it's, it's a great little toy, uh, to have around in your arsenal, you know? Um, so what, what has been, uh, and if, if it's this toy, then, then, uh, I want to know as well, but what has been the like the single thing that you travel with that has been surprisingly beneficial for your health? My travel stack, that is a hard question to answer actually, because my travel stack is the Violite, the human charger, vitamin D, a B complex, the ATP precursor, NAD precursor, a nootropic, ashwagandha, and, um, uh, and uh, this stuff called, I don't know how to pronounce it actually. It's X C L A R X L A R. I don't know if they have some pronunciation for it, but it um, it's a grapefruit seed, saline, um, xylitol um, nose spray that actually they just came out with, all, again, one of those coincidences. Um, I used to use it for just like um, moisturizing and, and keeping your, your nasal passages clean on a on a plane, but it actually just, they had some studies that says it prevents uh, the SARS virus from actually adhering to your nasal cavity. So um, it was, re- they, there, there's studies ongoing on it, but uh, they're, they're, they're showing promise towards uh, thwarting the uptake uh, through your nose anyway. And if you go down that same rabbit hole scope and Listerine, they, they've got similar studies for, for, you know, you, I forget the, uh, the acronym for the compound, um, but they're studying how that prevents adhesion in your mouth as well. So it's, it's just funny, like all these things that are going on that you just didn't even know that they had other, uh, other applications, if you will. So, but I take all of that with me and I also take liquid THC drops with me as well. So I, I, that's, that's kind of to, to round things out. So my travel kit is, (laughs) <laughs> pretty pretty full <laughs> so um so yeah that's but you know what i don't get sick before during or after travel very often if ever so i mean i, I do i just have a crazy robust immune system or is it all this crazy shit i bring with me i don't know you, you know <laughs> i i don't know but it you know it makes me feel better traveling so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that <laughs> so I know people that are worse, actually. I got, I got friends that take a lot more stuff with them, but, but that human charger thing is like, I think it's like under a hundred bucks. I mean, like some of these toys are stupid expensive. Other ones are just like, yeah, there's, even if it didn't work, it's a great set of noise canceling headphones. And if it does, 
help you treat jet lag faster than what the hell, you know? So. Yeah. If there's like a, if there's like a 50% chance that it works. Yeah. Right. Right. The time. It's yeah. like still probably worth, and it's so small to carry around. And mm-hmm. if it's less than a hundred dollars, like it's yeah. worth giving it a shot. Now I will say the one thing, and I don't have it with me. Oh, I do have it with me actually. Um, the one thing that I, that is not a hundred bucks. I think it's like two fifty. It's so it's a little bit more expensive. Is the Muse headband? Oh, I've I've used that. I have a. Yeah, I've I've tested it out before. Speaking of travel, I just got back from a trip and I had it in my bag. But yeah, you 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 kind of put this thing around your head and uh, the app tracks brainwaves um, while you're meditating. And um, for me. This thing has probably been the most used toy that I have. Um, I use it every day. Uh, and, oh, really? And I, I use it every day. And, um, and I got to say, it's, it's like training a muscle. You know, as soon as you know how to like hit a tennis ball with the overhand that you like, you do that 10,000 times, you just know how to hit that ball, right? Like, and more importantly, if you hit it wrong, you're like, ah, oh, shit, I, I messed that one up. Like, you know, right away, like you don't need to see where the ball goes to know that you messed up the shot, right? Like you just, you feel it because you've done it so many times. This has actually gotten me to that spot with with a truly meditative state. Like I know when I'm off, right? And I, I know, I, I don't even actually have the volume up anymore because this has birds that chirp when you hit that like sweet spot. Yeah. I've got the birds turned off. Like I don't even, I, I don't even need the app anymore. Um, the app tracks the consistency. So I use the app at basically as like a neurotic reminder that I have or have not, you know, meditated. <laughs> so, but, uh, I've used it before as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How did you like it? Oh, it was cool. I was at a conference and they were, it was like one of the prizes and they're like, here, you can try it. And oh, it's great. Were you able to get a bunch of birds chirping? Uh, yeah, I had, I had been meditating more at the time. Okay, great. Um, but I don't know if I would be able to do that anymore. So here's a question for you. Did you, I mean, if you could remember, I'd be curious. Did, did you, if you were meditating before that, did you kind of see a corollary between like birds chirping and like what you felt was like a meditative state? Oh, interesting question. Cause I didn't have that. I was not meditating a lot before it. I mean, I had done meditation, but it was like spotty. Um, so I didn't have that experience. Uh, for those of you listening, the context is that the Muse headband is like a, it's a meditative, uh, like tracks your brainwaves and then it'll, it'll like play, uh, like a bird's chirping noise when you, when you like hit that sweet spot. Um, so it's, it's not really a fair comparison because during meditation, I, I, I do have that feeling of like, oh, this is really nice. Like I don't, I don't need anything. I'm just here. But at least from the books that I've read, you're not supposed to chase that feeling. Like you're I just say, yeah, to like, right, right, right. You're just supposed to like be very mindful. Um, so right. I think it 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 makes it so that it's more gamified and and that there's more of like a something to aim for. Yeah, uh, no, that's a fair assessment for sure. Yeah, uh, but I think. If if anyone's curious about it, if it makes you more likely to meditate regularly, I think it's totally worth it. 
I, that, and that's actually kind of what I use it for more than anything. It's like, okay, you know, breaking that streak. Like I just broke the streak the other day. Like I had, I think 50 something days and then I just missed one day. And it was because I, I had something going on with my kids and I just, I quite frankly, just forgot to do it. And at like 1159, like before we went over to midnight, I was like, oh, fuck. I, like, and I was like, and it was just, it was too late. There was not, I wasn't going to get a, a session in it. And like, it was gut wrenching, like doing a med Cause I did actually meditate that day, but it was like at 12, like 10. And so I was already past it. And, and I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. <laughs> like it just, uh, and then you start over at one, you know, and you're like, oh, damn it. I got to start over. But so I use it more as an accountability partner than, than anything. And I will tell you, I mean, I, I feel infinitely better meditating for 50 days in a row than, than skipping days. Right. Like I, you know, I just, I, I definitely lose that rhythm. I don't, I don't know if you had that same experience, but. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think my senior year of college, I was pretty consistent with it. Uh, and like, sort of like for, for a number of years, uh, yeah, basically I would, I would, uh, like wake up, do my thing and then meditate for 20 minutes. And that was like part of my, part of the routine. I had a little cushion and it, it was a really great space. How do I describe it? It was like a really great space to just like give time for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, it's great. And, and I think to your point, you know, I, I, I I'm a, you know, I, I do a lot of photography as you, as we talked about earlier and people, one of the, one of the first questions everybody asks who's thinking about getting into is what, what's a better camera, Canon or Nikon? And I'm like, well, what camera do you have? That's going to make you take more pictures. <laughs> and that's the right answer to the question, right? Like it's not, it doesn't have to necessarily always be about comparing all the different ways you can do something. It's just, which one are you going to use? Like, is it, <laughs> is it? And for me, that's definitely it. I mean, I, one of my, my podcast partner actually has, has been like a museaholic and he has like every version of it he's had, but like, again, that keeps him engaged. Right. So I'm like, I bought this one. And if it ever goes, I don't even need the headband anymore. Really. I just use it more as an accountability tool. So I don't, there's a version in, in Muse where you don't even need the headband. You can just do a timed meditation. So I'm like, you know, there's been days where I just eat, forgot it or it's upstairs and I'm too lazy to go get it. And I'm just like, I'm just going to meditate here and I don't need to put the headband. I'm, I'm just going to, so when this thing does die for whatever reason, I'm likely not going to replace it. I'm going to just kind of take my lessons learned and keep rocking out, just meditating. I'm, I'm thinking about getting one because- I'm I'm wondering if it'll make me more consistent. There's a lot of nerdiness in this thing. I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun if you're into that nerd trip. It's it's you can get raw data. There's another app that lets you actually look at the 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 brain waves uh, that's coming out of it, and it's really kind of super nerdy. It's a paid thing, and I I didn't do the paid thing, but I did do the uh, like free trial, and you could kind of look at the brain waves, and you know it's it's fascinating. You know, you just just to kind of, I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't have tools that measure theta waves in my brain, you know, like I don't. So having this is, is like kind of a neat trick, right? Same like, thing with this, like this aura ring, like I've had this on for years too. And like, this thing is a lot of fun. I don't know how clinically accurate it is, you know, but I use it in comparison to itself. 
So, you know, what it measured yesterday and how it measured it, it's going to do the same thing today. And so whether it technically means I'm in a rested state or my parasympathetic nervous system is under duress, like, I don't know. And, and I think we can have all kinds of conversations around, you know, how accurate the predictions are or what the prognosis is of these things are. But, you know, if you're looking to say, hey, look, my body temperature is elevated from yesterday. And oh, look, my body temperature has been elevated for five days. Well, maybe, you know, I have a cold or maybe I have COVID or maybe I have, some, you know, like, um, so, you know, it's not necessarily, I don't necessarily read all the, this means this, this means that, but I do kind of look for the trends, right? Like mm -hmm. the trend is I got a hundred birds during this meditation session. And then tomorrow I have 10. Okay. Well, I was clearly not present for that session, like at least compared to the one before it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's what a lot of these tools, like the measurement, the self quantification side of the wearables, like, I think that's where the biggest value comes, you know, just tracking you. Right. I don't, I don't care about your, I mean, I'll talk to you about your aura ring or your muse, but quite frankly, I don't give a shit if you have birds or not like that. I'm comparing this for me, right? Like this is my, my thing. And, 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 you know, aside from having a nerd conversation about it, like that's, that's the value I extract right from it. So that being said, I do like the aura ring quite a bit. And I did lie. This is the one I definitely use a lot because it never comes off my finger. Yeah, actually, uh, Dr. Mike, who we've had the, on the podcast three times swears by. The oh, really? As well. Yeah. What was, why, why do they swear by it? Like what's, what was their sort of. Uh, so for. Uh, so for him, uh, because he can track how well he's sleeping. Oh, right. Yeah, that's, I think, what a lot of people really like lean on. Yeah, lean he can, on he can like uh, see how he's feeling and then be like, oh, I didn't sleep well. And it's probably not 100% accurate, but even if it's like 80% accurate, then uh, you can kind of be like, oh, I'm only getting like like 50. Like what sure. do I need to change? To yeah, what do I need to do? Yeah. I, I think a lot of people who, who like ride against these trends, right? Like who are like, oh, you know, I know a sleep scientist who like absolutely hates the idea of the aura, right? And I said, well, what do you hate about it? He's like, you know, in a lab, you have to, this machine costs $100,000 and you have to hook it up all night. And it's like, and he goes through all these things that are all right. He's been doing it for 20 years. Like he knows what he's doing. But I said, yeah, but, but look, man, I, I, to your point, let's just say it's right 80% of the time or 60% of the time. It's really not about being right or wrong. It's more about just telling you what the hell is up, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm like, hey, you got, you slept bad for like four nights in a row. You might want to actually pay attention to why that's happening, right? Like who cares what it means? Well, it means I didn't go to bed till late. That's what that means. I don't need a ring to tell me that. But, you know, when you get into like heart rate variability, which this measures as well, you know, I know that my HRV wants to be in the 30s, high 30s, low 40s on Aura. And I know, you know, Sweetbeat was an app I used to use that measures it differently. Your Apple Watch measures it differently. So HRV could be measured in a lot of different ways. But for me on the Aura, I know that if I have a, an HRV in the, eight, in the teens, like I'm stressed out. That generally correlates to me being stressed out. And what does that mean? Well, I don't care what Aura says. I know that that means I need to either, you know, dial back at work. I need to dial up the meditation. I got to go on longer runs. Like I, I got to do something because I'm doing something else wrong. Mm 
And sometimes it's, you know, you're the worst observer of your own habits. And so sometimes just having somebody tell you that you're just not doing it right is, is what you need to kind of course correct. Right. So, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. fun that another guy that, you know, like, likes it. I know a lot of people that, you know, that do like it. I do know a couple people that do not. So, um, let me take a, a slight detour. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, Cause Hugh mentioned that you had bought a domain name and like, just curious about the story. That was headshop.com actually. Yeah. That, that was, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, and, and that is, uh, that is what, uh, you know, that that's where all this stuff is going for me. Right. Like, uh, you know, we're talking about health and cannabis and, you know, cannabis accessories are almost tertiary to the conversation at this point, although that's where headshop started, but you know, now it's about, you know, we've, we've talked to tons of people that are treating severe anxiety, depression, PTSD, with things like psychedelics and cannabis and stuff. And it's basically like, you know, these are real human stories, not just some shit you read on the internet. And, you know, when I, when I can see that in real life and then couple it with the shit you read on the internet and you say, Hey, look, there's all these other people all over the world that are doing the same thing. You know, I think for people who are paying attention, that's interesting information, especially when you look at all the deleterious side effects that a lot of the antipsychotics have or the, you know, I, I was on Adderall for literally like 30 days and I was like, oh, nope, hard pass. Like it was, you know, recreationally, it was a lot of fun for the first couple of days, but I was like, I'm not supposed to be taking this for recreation. So like the fact that I'm likening this experience to recreation means that it's not right for me, right? Like this isn't, you know, and so, you know, Headshop has, has been a great uh, platform to have a reason to explore these things in greater detail to a different end, right? Turns it from hobby to like profession, right? And so. And so you have the, uh, you have the e-commerce store and you also have the web design. Is it like an agency or? Uh, Yeah. So um, Envoy Design is our, is our agency and we, we sort of are a, um, a full scale development shop from strategy through, you know, ongoing maintenance and we build, uh, mobile apps, websites, software, stuff like that. If it ends up on a laptop, you know, your phone or, or a tablet, we, we make it. So it's a pretty broad description, but, but that's kind of the 50,000 foot view of that. If it's tech-based, we, we build it or have built it or want to build it. <laughs> so, um, so cool. which, 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 uh, side of the business is, a. Uh is more uh, interesting and like rewarding to you or maybe both like oh yeah it's it's asking it's like asking which kid you like better you know like it's it's a little hard right because i they're both they're both literally my children you know so i'm i'm it's that's a hard answer they they both have different personalities they both have their strengths and weaknesses <laughs> um, um the the envoy side is interesting because it lets me play with interesting technologies, right? We're we're working on some quantum encryption products right now um, that is software and hardware based, and you know the client for that is is a really interesting project that I literally couldn't have even I didn't even know that this concoction of of technologies could ever exist. So, you know, having him sort of give us the recipe and then we get to sort of create the cake is has been an interesting um journey and that is one of a thousand different stories like this you know we 
we we worked um you know years ago we we worked on um mastercard as an app and like you know that was the global app right everybody on the planet who who wanted to find out where you could use mastercard was using that app and you know that that's kind of a story that you just don't get to be a part of very often right and you know we've been very fortunate uh we we work with ad agencies a lot of the time and so we have a we're, we're very fortunate to have worked on much bigger projects than i could have ever gotten on my own but then that leads to big direct clients that you get because you worked on all the other stuff so like you know you're kind of like well i only we used to say like oh we only got that project because of this agency but now i'm like well no we're getting those projects now because of us not because somebody else is giving it to us now we're, now we're just we have the experience and the seasoning to be able to step into that narrative and be productive right and so that is uh that's been good i think you know I, i'm in a place in my career where i'm just very grateful to be where i'm at and very grateful that even though a lot of the stories that i have didn't end the way i wanted them to end it was a journey that led me right here to this conversation and i don't know that i would change any of that right and so and headshop you know allows me to focus less on how to build the website that is headshop and not care as much about merchant process like you know the the nuts and bolts of running an e-commerce store and then worry about the user experience and you know caring for our customers and like why does this customer want to buy this thing how do we make them more educated respect this more be kind you know we 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 work with we try to work with companies and more and more that have responsible packaging policies and you know we don't sell um throw away batteries on the mm -hmm. site like we're trying to sort of shift the narrative in, in what like you can go to any dispensary here in maryland and half the store is disposable batteries and i you know i'm friends with one of the owners here i'm like you got to be kidding me get this shit off your shelves man like this is what it, you know they're 20 battery you're making like what eight bucks whatever on this thing is it really worth poisoning the landfill with a battery that's going to sit there for the next twenty thousand years you know just so you can make eight bucks or could you just sell a rechargeable one that is going to have a much longer lifespan if you're going to put you know sell battery products um so hopefully we can play a larger role in that story at some point but you know we're we're a small fish still so you know we're we're not quite as big as these big guys but cool we'll uh, put put links to Matt's uh design agency and uh e-commerce store down below um and yeah one thing we ask all of our guests is sure. if you had any words of wisdom generic words of wisdom what uh what what, what do you have I once was told to ask a question, ask seven questions if you really want to know the answer, right? And and you can always, you, you, it's always a fascinating exercise, right? So if I say, if I asked you like, what's your favorite food? First question, right? What's your favorite food? Well, let's just do it real quick. Pizza. Pizza, okay. Well, what do you like about pizza? Hugh, what do you like about pizza? Uh, it's not my favorite food. Sorry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's, change, let's change to Hugh's answer. I want, okay. I want, I want All Hugh. right. Back it up. Hugh, what's your favorite food? <laughs> All right. Right now, currently, mapo tofu. Okay. Why do you like that? 
Sichuan peppers and family cooking reminds me of mom. Uh, uh, reminds you of mom. Well, what is it that reminds you about mom? Mom makes the best mapo tofu. Oh, right. How many people do you know that also make this? And is it any different than your mom's? Uh, in Arizona, zero. Yeah. <laughs> is, um, is that like a, is that a cultural, I mean, where, where does it come from? I, I've never heard it's of it. It's from the southwestern province of china called sichuan province and there's a sichuan pepper called sichuan uh pepper and it's a mouth numbing pepper that's really amazing and a different sense of not capsaicin but it has this different type of like dragon breath feel to me right oh that's interesting so like when you eat it is it like bring you to like a cultural spiritual or like mental place of like remembering childhood or something or like what what's this and like you know you obviously have to like that for a reason like what it's it's actually really interesting like i mean not very interesting as in a simple way it's one of the first types of food that kind of blew my mind about what food could be and i've only ever found here and there uh you know at some like uh, a speakeasy cocktail bar on their secret menu they had a cocktail that i found out had a sichuan pepper one single one on top and i ordered it and it gave me that same feel so mapo dofu especially in america is way more muted and doesn't actually use sichuan peppers so a lot of that one is actually a memory experience of feel that, that's crazy and so like you'd say like it would it it brought you to like a better place mentally like you have like these happy feelings when you when you eat it yeah yeah and and it's not like capsaicin which does release dopamine and such this one's more of a, a like a, it's just a totally different sensation like it's just different so here's the thing that was the seventh question look at the difference in your answer, in your tone, in your body language, in our interaction between each other that we got to from question one, which was what was your favorite food to question seven, where you're like literally telling me about dopamine release and all these crazy things. Like that's a really different journey, right? Mm -hmm, definitely. So generic thing, ask seven questions. It, it, it will change your life. Like, like <laughs> literally. <laughs> so. and, and so there's another thing that we always say is, and you heard it, heard it here first. Yeah. And <laughs> there's there so go. many things yeah. today. Mr. Yeah. I'm, I'm unfortunately not the first person to ever say that, but I, it, it's the one thing that like, I'm like, you know what, that this is the very succinct answer. That's not a succinct answer. And it has life-changing full uh, power like it, it's i love different. how you said that like in design as from a design thinking perspective we say the five whys but Ooh, i actually yeah. kind of like yours more because it actually is more nuanced where you don't just keep saying why 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 it right. repetitive and the people just kind of like oh sometimes it works sometimes it yeah, doesn't you're like dude that stop one, asking me why <laughs> yeah like come on let's let's not be generic here right yeah, let's right, care right. yeah yeah and, and you know i picked a i picked an intentionally innocuous you know thing like what's your favorite food but like if you start out with a really hard question like why are you sad today like you ask seven questions based on that guy it's like wow like you're you, you know you you get down the rabbit hole deep like and and you know that can be really painful and it could be really cathartic it could be really freeing i mean there's there's a lot of things that could come out of that but you'd be really surprised if you make a habit of this and i do this a lot um ask seven questions so Wow. Amazing. Really. You're absolutely incredible. And, and wow. just <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys. This was a lot of fun, man. I, I really had a good time. Thanks you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate the, the <laughs> opportunity. Thank you.
uh, oh, uh, what's the, the podcast that you're creating called, by the way? Oh, Irreverent Health. So we actually uh, have the site coming out when we hit our 20th episode. So I can, so All right. we'll, we'll be a couple of weeks away from it, but it's on the, it's on the radar. Perfect. Shoot me a line then. And I then will. the other one is, do you have a photographic portfolio or something where people could reference your works? Um, no, we actually intentionally keep our portfolio off of the internet because we don't want people to just say, build me that we want people. To oh, no, no, no. I mean, your foot, your astronomy. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. What? This they're is, so this is, good. This is my, my personal blowing. obsession. Yeah. Oh, Maybe someday, goodness. but right now they're mine. I'm and so, only mine. Yeah. One day. All right. Yeah. You'll, one you'll, day oh, I'll work, I'll should. work on it. Maybe I'll, right, maybe please. I'll think about that. Yeah. But yeah. You know, of course, watermarket and such. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That yeah. would be, that's, I, yes. Now, if I ever do it, it won't be watermarked. It's just take it, use it, whatever you want. I'm, I'm, I'm a give, giver kind of guy in this kit. Yeah, just know. make it an NFT and then just yeah, get right, a few things yeah, tokens yeah, right. on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I All appreciate right. it. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, uh, with that, Matt, hopefully one day we have you on the podcast again, if you're open to it. Yeah, and for, sure. for tonight and this evening, that is the conclusion of another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast, where we talk about craft, community, and building meaningful careers. Until next time, see ya. Bye. Thanks.